Girl, he tried it. This can't be life. That is so ghetto. Welcome to Sip on My Honesty. Sip easy. Oh my gosh, y'all. Y'all miss me? I missed y'all. Like, I've been so sad that I wasn't able to put out episode six when I promised. Um, I really had the intentions on to, but my laptop went missing or went stolen or whatever the fuck happened to it. That's the reason why I haven't been able to put out any new episodes. But guess what, bitch? I'm back. <laughs> I'm back in full in effect. Um, I finally got my laptop today. I got a new laptop. I got a MacBook, by the way. This is my first MacBook. Yes, I'm acting bougie um, because I love it already. Like it's a, it's really a really really good investment. So um, if you're looking for a laptop and you one of those people like, mm, I don't know if I should spend that bread on some on a MacBook. Like that's too expensive for a device. Trust me, sis or bro, it's worth it. Like it really is. I only had it for a day and I. I fell in love like I'm I'm most definitely like an apple girl like for real for real but today since today's like topic is a very loaded topic it is um something that can possibly make people uncomfortable um to talk about um I'm just gonna jump right into it um so before we get into our sip easy topic for our people for our new listeners um our sip easy topic is pretty much like our happy hour topic which just warms up the conversation to what our main topic will be um so our sip easy topic we're going to be talking about mental health and denying access um to people since the start of 2020 i've been fighting depression a lot has happened this year. Outside of the pandemic, a lot has transpired from the beginning of this year up until now. Um, I quit my old job because I was tired of working overnight. Um, it was taking a toll on my health. Um, and it was actually taking a toll on my schooling as well. So I quit overnight um, thinking that I would be able to do lift, which is something that I did back then. And I really made like decent amount of money. Um, however, circumstance changed. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to do lift. So, you know, I was low key panicking like, OK, how the fuck am I going to pay my bills? Because I live by myself. Um, I had enough to pay for that month um, that I was in. But I was thinking about the following month. By the grace of God, I was able to find a new job. Um, by the grace of God and by the by the grace of my friend too, Stephen, love you. Um, I was able to find a new job that allowed me to that paid me more. Um, and I also worked on the week. Um, I'm sorry, I was also off on the weekends. <laughs> um, so it was just good all around. Then my grandmother got diagnosed with uh, COVID, a.k.a. Corona. Um, and honestly, I was really one of those people that believed that Corona was just a disease that the government was just talking about. But you never seen anybody close to home catch it. But when my grandma caught Corona, um, it was really bad. Like she's anyone that knows me and that knows my grandma anybody knows that she's like very very active um that shit pretty much just put her on her ass like she was in bed like all the time and that's not her she was in bed all the time um she could barely talk she wasn't eating 
she wasn't anything. Like, I really thought she was going to pass. And we all did. Like, she even made, um, she went to the extent of making me rearrange her will. Like, that's how severe it was for her and just for anybody else that was involved. Um, in the midst of all that, I just ended a long-term relationship. Um, and I separated from my biological mother. Um, which I'll eventually explain later on in today's episode. But going back to me fighting depression, um, unfortunately, a lot of people can relate to uh, to fighting depression or going through a depression. Anybody that's gone through a depression knows that it's not an easy feeling. You ever felt like you were in a dark place and you just didn't see a way out or you you just got better at covering what you felt. It just became harder for me to express what I felt because I wasn't familiar with the feeling that I felt and it felt unbearable. Um, and some people would say maybe you're depressed because, you know, oh, you don't have a good support system or you don't have anyone to talk to. And fortunately, that's that's not my case. Like, I have a really great support system. I speak to my dad every day. I speak to my grandma almost every day. And I have really, really, really great friends. However, they can't be with me 24-7. So they can only suppress what I'm feeling for so long. And I can only cover... I can manage... I manage and I master to cover up what I'm feeling Um by being around like people and not showing too much emotion as far as like being depressed or being sad or wanting to cry. Like I'm usually always smiling or I'm usually always laughing. Like all my friends, family, they could tell you that. Like I'm very, I'm very energetic, but that doesn't mean that I don't go through shit. Um, like I said, today's gonna be tonight is gonna be a loaded conversation. So bear with me, y'all. I'm going to be as transparent as possible because that's what Sip on My Honesty is about. July 18th, 2020, I woke up and the pain just felt stronger. Like literally, I woke up and my chest felt heavy. I cried, I prayed, and nothing would budge. So I started writing suicidal letters. Um, I wrote it to all my loved ones. Um, I wrote it to my dad. I wrote it to my grandma. I wrote it to everyone that just came into mind um, at that time. And after I finished writing my suicidal letters, um, I just made the decision that I was just going to end my life. Um, Excuse me. I know I'm saying I'm a lot. (laughs) I just made that decision that I was going to end my life that day. It wasn't a cry for help. It wasn't any of that. Um, after I finished writing my suicidal letters and, you know, I made that decision, um, I spoke to my dad that morning and I was just talking to him like normal. When you're fighting depression, a lot of the times you know how to cover it up. And I've learned how to master, like, being able to smile when I'm dying inside, like when I feel like I'm breaking inside. I spoke to my dad that morning, like normal, we're laughing, we're talking the whole nine. And I told him I love him. And I said, bye. Um, Him thinking like, okay, you know, I'll talk to her later. But me thinking that this was the last conversation that him and I were going to have. After I hung up with him, I drove to CVS I grabbed like the strongest pills I could find and I made it home 
said my prayers and I asked God to forgive me for my sins. And I took 15 500 milligram pills. Um, yeah, 15 500 milligram pills. And what I can remember is I was looking myself in the mirror and after I finished swallowing the pills, I just apologized to myself and I was like, I'm sorry, but I love you. And I went in the shower and I just and I just sat there. Actually, no, before I went in the shower, I sent my homegirl a picture of the notebook of where I wrote all the suicidal letters and I texted her and I told her, what's done is done. Um, I love you, but I just can't take this shit no more. And I put the phone down and then I went in the shower and I just sat there. Um, and once again, for anybody that knows me, I don't take medication. Um, so I sat in the shower and I felt my body get tired. I, I felt tired. And I was like, nah, like if I'm going to choose my death, I, I, I cannot die in water. I just have this thing where if I'm if I'm in the water, I don't know, like I'm scared to die in water. Um, so I got out the shower and I just went into bed and I just laid down and my body just felt so at ease. Um, and I called one of my guy friends I'm really close with. And I was supposed to see him later on that day. But I just called him to tell him I love him. Like, I didn't call him, you know, to tell him anything else but that. And it was almost like I had bad food in my mouth. You know, when you have, like, like when you eat something bitter, like, for my Haitians, like, when you eat off or when you eat, like, that, I don't know. But, like, when you eat something bitter and it's just, like, you instantly spit it out, that's what it was like for me when I FaceTimed him. Like, I just instantly cried and he's like yo what's wrong or whatever the case is and I I told him what I did and he he got up instantly um and from where I live and where he stays we stay a a good distance from each other so for me I thought like you know by the time he gets to me I'll be I'll be gone because I don't take medication um so I thought it would kick in a little bit faster he stayed on the phone with me the whole time and you know he's kind of like talking to me to like keep me awake but I felt my body like fading like I felt like I was going I felt like I was going to sleep um long story short they appeared and when when they got to my house like all I had on was a towel that was it and like I said it wasn't a cry for help like it wasn't a cry for help like for somebody to help me with what it is that I'm feeling like I just really made my choice that I was just gonna be done with life like it was just for me it was just a sign of me being tired so often you hear you're strong or you're tough but just because I'm strong or whatever the fuck that means it doesn't mean I don't get tired. It doesn't mean I want to deal with more shit on top of the shit that I'm going through. It doesn't mean that the baggage does not get heavy. Um, strong people go through a lot. And being strong isn't a compliment. It's not. like It's almost like it's it's an excuse for someone to constantly keep going through life as if, like, you know, you got this. Like, just keep going, keep pushing, keep fighting. But... Who can that strong person lean on? I get it. Life has more shit to come. Like, it has more shit to throw at you. But 
after I realized it wasn't my time to go July 18th, I found another purpose in life, another purpose to live. Before I jump into our main topic for tonight, I want to say this. If anybody's fighting depression or anybody that has like suicidal thoughts, remember, live life with meaning because in a split of a second, it can and it will change. Don't take the route I took because you may not be as fortunate as I am. Fighting with depression is not an easy feeling. Check on your strong friends. Don't be selfish and be like, okay, well, maybe they just need their time apart or whatever the case is. Um, Because that may not necessarily be true. That person really may need you. That person, that person, all I can say is that person may need you. And like I had told my friends that day that, that came to my house that Saturday, if I never needed anybody before, I need them more than ever now. Because this is the first time that I attempted to commit suicide like I really went through with it and it was by the grace of God that I didn't die because 15 500 milligram pills that could take me out especially for someone that does not take medication don't take life for granted don't take life lightly life is fragile just make the best out of it and this is coming from someone that's fighting depression that's surviving um that's becoming a survivor from it nonetheless be careful of the people you allow access to um if someone is adding to your depression if someone is adding to you becoming sad it may hurt you now, but it's better for you to let that person go. It's not worth your mental health. If you need to take time off from work, do that. If you need to take time off from certain people, do that. If you feel comfortable or if you feel like you're in a safe place with a certain amount of people, do that. Do whatever makes you comfortable and do whatever makes you happy. And honestly speaking, if you don't have that support system please reach out to me. I'll be more than happy to talk with you. I'll be more than happy to ask you how your day is going because I know what it feels like to feel alone. Because July 18th, as much as, as much as I have so many people surrounded by me that loves me, that cares about me, the whole nine, I felt alone. I felt scared because it was just like, yo, okay, this is it. This is where it ends for me. But fortunately, God had other plans. Ready to fulfill that. Now, to jump into my story, I originally recorded this episode with Daphne. Hey, boo. Uh, she's been my co-host, my co-host star for, I think, my last three episodes. However, I decided to tell my story by myself. 
according to Rain, which is a website, um, every nine minutes, Child Protection Services finds evidence of or for a claim of sexual abuse. 34% are under 12, 12 years old, and 66% is between 12 and 17 years old. At the age of 12, I was sexually assaulted by my mom's boyfriend. That was not the first time that I was sexually assaulted. However, this one, it, it, it's, it almost felt like it was in, um, not almost, this is what I feel, like it's been engraved in me. Like this is a part of me. At 12 years old, I was sexually assaulted by my mom's boyfriend. Um, this was somebody that I was like close to at one point when I was younger. Um, for a lot of people that know me, um, my father was in prison from the age of 11 up until now. My dad just got released from prison this year. Um so my mom is the one that like kind of took control. So when I was sexually assaulted by her boyfriend, um I felt violated of course. I felt I felt disrespected. I was confused. Um I was hurt and I questioned why. Like why would somebody why would somebody do that to me? And why is it when I get close to someone, they feel the need to take advantage of me or just do shit because they feel like they can do it? Um, So when it happened to me, I brought it to, I did bring it to my mom's attention that same day. I brought it to my mom's attention, my aunt's attention, my grandmother's attention, the whole nine. Me and my mom, we never had a good relationship um however when this situation transpired um i wouldn't our relationship didn't get any better it actually became worse she she told me she believed me and you know she told me she was going to do this and she was going to do that and the whole nine and honestly nothing happened um i eventually went to the police at my school like probably like a week later or some shit like that and I told the police like what happened and at that point it was really his word against mine because it was like okay all the evidence is gone. Um for anybody that know that's been through sexual assault or that's been through um rape um knows that like when you get raped or when you get sexually assaulted um you get tested that same day because the evidence is fragile like you can literally take a shower and everything is just washed off off of you um so yeah so my family knew they didn't really do anything about it and at that point it was his word against mine um I want to say six months to probably a year later my mom eventually got married to him that was like the biggest slap in my face when when she got married to him. I didn't know about the wedding. I didn't find out about the wedding until like I was on Facebook or something like that. And as time went on and I was just and I grew up, 
Like, it's like I, I grew like a stronger resentment for her, not only for my mom, but like for a lot of people in the family, because I'm like, why, why is nobody being held accountable? Like, everyone just kind of expected me or would say like, you know, you're strong or, you know, she's strong, she'll get over it, she'll be fine kind of thing. And that's the issue. Like, a lot of people see strong people and just feel like, okay, well, I could do whatever the fuck I want to her because she'll get over it. I could do whatever the fuck I want to him because he'll get over it. That's not how life works because strong people get tired. Strong people get tired of dealing with bullshit. Strong people get tired of dealing with people telling them that they're fucking strong. Like, being strong does not make the load any lighter. That shit is still heavy, if not even heavier. Um, long story short, time after time, like I remember questioning questioning my mom. I remember even questioning my aunt too at one point. Um, and I asked my mom, like, you know, why? Like, why him? Like, you know, why did you choose him like over me? And time after time she she pretty much not pretty much she did tell me that um she had to do what was best for her and I recently made the decision to give her an ultimatum that if she could not choose me and work on a relationship with me and re, like re not rebuild because we we didn't really we didn't ne- we never had a foundation but build a foundation to work towards a better relationship then I could no longer be a part of her life. And she just pretty much made her decision. She she said too much was at risk and she had to do what was best for her. And it's not to say that when she said that, it was easier for me to deal with. Like the pain is still there. Um, in fact, that just really just added on to my pain. But the reason why I'm telling my story, because this is my truth, And unfortunately, this is some shit that you see a lot that's happening within the culture, within the black culture, um, where people are getting raped, where people are sexually abused. And what they do is just brush it under the rug like nothing happened and just continue to go about life. Unfortunately, that's not me. When I when I pray to God and I tell God that I want to break generational curses, I'm not only talking about life financially. I'm talking about behind shit like this, like where the sexual assault and the rape stops at me. It stops at me so my daughter or my son doesn't have to to feel like they're alone in a situation or feel like my mom has to choose between me or the significant other or whomever it is that that caused harm to my kid. And so many people go through shit like this. So many women, so many men go through things like this and they feel alone and they feel like nobody is there for them and thank god like you know i have the support system the support team that i have where i honestly i don't need my mom or or my aunt or anybody really on that side of the family like if i choose to like fuck with you it's because i wholeheartedly fuck with you um but i thank god you know that I do have a strong backbone. As much as I hate to say that, I do have a strong backbone. And it's because of the grace of God that I have my grandma, I have my dad, I have my grandfather, I have my 
my cousins and my friends and even my therapist that's help that are able to like guide me through this so anyone that's going through a similar situation that I've been through or even worse my advice to you speak your truth and understand it's okay to heal heal before you jump into anything because I guarantee you that if you do not heal from the situation you're going to bleed on people that did not cut you people may not believe you but that doesn't take away from the truth your truth this is your truth so stand tall and stand firm and please understand that you're not alone there's many resources and many people that you could talk to that could help you and seek you through this and like I said like I'm not a therapist or anything like that, but I am available to talk to anybody that just wants to vent or that just needs to speak because I carried this feeling for so long and, you know, my story was shut down every time because of the people that I was surrounded by. But now that I'm able to find my voice 12, 13 years later, it's a great feeling to to release it. It doesn't mean that it makes it makes the pain go away but it does make it easier to cope with that you find your voice and you can express how you feel without anybody being able to shut you down in fact you have people that's encouraging you to speak on what it is that happened to you you're there are people that are encouraging you to to just allow the situation to help you grow everything has a light in it and that's something that i had to realize this situation that I went through, a lot of the shit that I've been through in life, it had a light in it and, and it's made me the woman that I'm becoming now, the, su- the successful black woman that I'm becoming now. It's not to say that I don't need anybody because although I'm independent, I need my friends. I need my dad. I need my grandma. I need my grandpa. I need the people that actually are there for me and love me unconditionally. I'm telling you, take the time to heal. Healing isn't easy. It's a messy, messy situation. But what's messier is if you don't heal and you just reoccur or you add on to the pain. And this is coming from somebody that's experienced already. Take the time to heal. Go through it. Speak your truth. I hope this is I hope this encourages somebody. Somebody, even if it's just one person. I hope this encourages you to let out your truth and don't hold it back and stand firm on what it is that you believe in. Because if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. And you're not alone in this. So that's it for episode six. I hope that I was able to get through to somebody. Like I said, even if it was that one person. And I promise not to stay away for too long (laughs) i'll be working on episode seven soon hopefully this week and be able to put on some put out some more content content you guys most definitely deserve it i hope you enjoyed this episode if you have any feedback if you have any questions or if you just want to share best believe it's confidential um i'm here I love you guys thank you so much for the support and thank you for your patience with me I am nothing without y'all. I appreciate y'all. Y'all are everything. Have a good night.